Hey, welcome to City First Church. We are so glad that you're here. Thank you for joining us in Cave City First Anywhere. Come on, can we make some noise for our God Behind Bars locations? We love you guys. Wherever you are watching from today, uh, I think that uh, I think today's message is going to change your life. We have been in a series called How To in 2022, where we are learning how to make better decisions and how to have fewer regrets and how to uh, look at some ways that we can be the best versions of ourselves in 2022. Um, in the first week, we talked about what it means to be honest with ourselves. Now, if you can't be honest with who you really are or where you really are, it's going to be very hard to move to a new destination. Now, if you can't be honest about your marriage, it's going to be very difficult to improve it. If you can't be honest about your leadership, it's going to be hard to grow in it. If you're in denial about your financial situation, it's going to be challenging to make some adjustments. We all have to be honest about where we are to move somewhere new. You definitely want to check out Jared's message on that from week one. Week two, we talked about the story that we all want to tell. Um, the stories of our lives are often built from happenstance. In other words, whatever happens, happens, and then that becomes the story. It's accidental living. But in light of the story we actually want to tell, I think each and every one of us has to be intentional. Now, this week, I want to talk to us about one of the things that we need to do in 2022 is to be aware of the caution signs. Today's message is called Air on the Side of Caution. Um, there are so many signs in our life, red flags that sometimes we're just not paying attention to. Now, I have some really, really good friends in my life who have been very kind, been very generous, very convincing and persuasive, and have tried to get me to go outdoors and camping and hunting, okay? They, they've invited me for years. Hey, Ryan, you got to come camping with us. You got to go hunting. Now, I'm a consummate indoorsman, okay? I love the great indoors. I love air conditioning, okay? I, I'm like, like I, my vibe is indoors. Like, if it's an indoors life group, I'm all for it, okay? And I love and bless all of the people outdoors. Like, I, I, I'm happy for y'all, but me and the outdoors just don't go well together. Y'all are good at surviving in the wilderness. I'm not, okay? I don't know how to build a fire. And, and the other thing I can't do is I can't do the lions, tigers, and bears. Y'all are good with lions, tigers, and bears. I'm not, okay? Like that's not, that is not my MO. And I can't tell if my friends are really my friends. I can't tell if they have invited me out to the wilderness because they want to hold hands and pray and grow spiritually together. Or if they've invited me merely for their entertainment purposes because they want to see me scared out of my mind running through the woods in the middle of the night, okay? So while I pray and consider their request for me to enter into the darkness, um, I have questions. Uh, most of my questions are around wild animals. I have heard that while hunting, you can become the hunted, and I don't want to be that. Now, um, there is a sign that sometimes you can see when you're driving, and you know you're in Wisconsin or somewhere like that, and, and the sign that we got to pay attention to is bears spotted in area. Notice the bears on top of the people's car. Now, when I find myself in one of these areas, I ask myself, how in the world did you get here? Where are you at in life, Ryan? How? 
How have you arrived here? And so in many conversations that I've had with my very good friends, we end up having some in-depth discussions indeed about bears and how they operate. Now, here's the deal. If you are out there with lions, tigers, and bears, God loves you. Jesus loves you, but you're crazy. You know that, right? Like, you got to know that. Like, it's, it, is, it is absolutely absurd. And, and what my friends have tried to convince me, they've given me bear arguments. Have you heard the bear arguments? Let me tell you the first one, okay? One friend says to me, he says, Ryan, if you see a bear, identify yourself <laughs> by talking calmly so the bear knows you are a human. And not a prey animal. Remain still. Stand your ground. And slowly wave your arms. Help the bear recognize you as a person. I said, what? Identify myself. It's a bear, not the FBI. Hi, my name is Ryan Leake. Here's my driver's license. What's your name? I'm not trying to be friends with the bear. And then another friend says, Ryan, you, you are tripping about bears, man. I don't know. You don't, you don't understand bears. Let me, let me break down bears for you. If you are attacked by a brown slash grizzly bear, leave your pack on and play dead. That did not work out for Leonardo DiCaprio in Revenant. Have you seen it? He died, okay? They, they, they ripped him apart. Like, this is not good for him, okay? He's talking about something like, just play dead. That's not going to work. And then they said, however, if you are attacked by a black bear, do not play dead. That, that one is serious. And I'm like, like, so you want me in the middle of the night to decipher if the bear is black or brown? That's our plan for camping? Yeah, I can't wait to hang out with you. I remember I, I got invited to speak in Tennessee, and, and they, they said, hey, the event is at the Double Tree Hill. And I said, oh, that's all nice. Oh, cool, we're going to the Double Tree Hill. And they did not tell me that this Double Tree Hilton was in the woods. And when I walked into the lobby, me and my homie, we see a sign. I can't make this up. This is what the sign said. It says, do not feed the bears. I said, come on, man, they playing games out here at the hill, man. Y'all ready to quit playing? I said, ma'am, what's this sign? I know y'all doing jokes. Y'all trying to, like, is it April Fool's Day? We're talking about don't feed the bears. She said, oh, sir, bears may come in the parking lot, and it's imperative that you do not feed them. <laughs> hey, ma'am, you're a professional. I'm a professional, too. You can't be saying stuff like that. For real. Not for real. Why, why is the sign say do, do not feed the bears? She goes, I'm serious. Bears come from the woods, and if they find food in people's cars, they break into the cars and take the food. And some, some of our, <laughs> some of our customers decided they wanted to feed the bears, so we had to put up a sign that says, "Don't feed the bears." Ma'am, can I ask you a serious question about your life? What are you doing with it? Okay, why are you here? And that's number one. Number two, if I see a bear, I'm just curious. What do you recommend that I do? She says, "Call me." I said, ma'am, no disrespect, you five foot nothing. What you going to do against the bear? If it's the bear versus you, my money's on the bear every single time. You got a bazooka back there, lady? What are you going to do? Ma'am, no worries. I'm paying attention to the signs, okay? Like, if you have a caution sign up, believe you me, I am paying attention to it. I think some of us go through life ignoring way too many caution signs, way too many red flags that we just kept ignoring. I mean, I, I, 
I can't tell you how many people will ignore signs of burnout. I can't tell you how many people will ignore uh, the caution signs in a marriage that isn't going well. I mean, they just keep ignoring it. The romance dimmed a long time ago. You're just married, but you're just doing the monotony of marriage. You're you're really just doing the the household responsibilities of marriage. You're parenting together and and you're roommates, but you're you're just ignoring the the caution signs. I mean, sometimes we, we can't even see how much our kids have gotten used to our disengagement. Sometimes we can't even see how much credit cards are actually ruining our future. We just keep swiping. Sometimes it's hard to pay attention to caution signs that are right underneath our nose. But in 2022, my prayer for you and my prayer for me is that we would pay attention to the signs. Um, There's a man in the Bible named Saul. Um, Saul um, ignored a lot of caution signs that caused him to miss his potential. And I don't want us to miss ours. So today, I want to look at four of the caution signs that I believe we need to to be aware of. And the way I like to think of it is, is if we could go back and be Saul's life coach, this is what we would tell him he could have done differently. And that's the beauty of hindsight. Um, What I've learned is it's better to learn from somebody else's bad decisions than making our own. And that's sometimes what the Bible gives us. It gives us stories of saying, hey, this is, if we keep going in this direction and keep ignoring these signs, this is where our life is going to end up. And so I think it's very important for us to look at Saul's life to go, okay, how did he get there? And what are some things that we could do differently? Now, at this point of Saul's story where we're going to begin today's journey, uh, Samuel, who is a priest, has anointed Saul as king over Israel. And during this day and age, priests had certain duties and kings had certain duties. And it says this, it says he waited seven days, the time appointed by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal. And the people were scattering from him. So Saul said, bring the burnt offering here to me and the peace offerings. And he offered the burnt offering. Saul has taken matters into his own hands. So the first caution sign we have to pay attention to from the life of Saul is, number one, we have to be aware of trusting in ourselves. Be aware of trusting in yourself. Saul is taking matters into his own hands. Whenever we get impatient with God's plan, we inevitably start to make our own. We start to make our own plans for our love life. We start to make our own plans for our career. And for your information, that's a really, really bad idea. When it comes to making plans for our life, we are all our worst options, okay? We're horrible. Why? Because we can't see the future. We're naive, insecure, immature, flawed, you name it, heaven forbid that you or I end up in charge of our lives. You do not want to wake up and find yourself leaning on your own understanding. Because I guarantee you, your understanding will not get you the results you think it will. Now, think of it this way. What have we learned over the past three years? It's that some of the smartest people in the world have found multiple ways to look dumb. Isn't that true? PhDs, doctors, lawyers, CDC guideline enthusiasts, do as much research as you want. There is no amount of research that you can do that will make you a know-it-all. You will never be all-knowing. Nobody will. This is good news for us to just go, what, who am I 
to be in charge of my own life. The best plan any of us can have for our own life is surrendering to God and leaning on his understanding. Saul took matters into his own hands. When Samuel didn't show up on his schedule, he said he got to a place in his life where he's going, I need need Samuel. I mean, kingship and priesthood, they, they have very specific duties. Only the priest could make this offering. But Saul got to a place in his life where he says, I'll be my own pastor. I'll be my own priest. I'll do my own thing. I don't, I, I'm going to take matters into my own hands. Have you ever gotten to a place in your life where you said, you know what? God, I'll take the wheel. And, and so Saul, when he is getting ready to get to a place where he's going, man, I, I'm trying to fight the Philistines and I'm trying to seek God's favor in my life. He said, well, you should have waited for Samuel. If I'm sitting with Saul, I'm going, hey, Saul, that's a bad idea. That's not your role. You should have been patient with God's plan. You should have been patient with God's man. Some of us, God has put people in our life for a reason, and we keep getting frustrated with them, and so we go, okay, God, can you just send me somebody else? Don't grow impatient with God's plan. Why did Saul do this? I want to give us a little bit more context to who Saul is. Um, in 1 Samuel chapter 9, what we get is ultimately um, Saul's family tree. I'm not going to read this out loud. I did it earlier. It was very embarrassing. All you need to know, this is, these are his great-great-grandparents, okay? And all you need to know is that his daddy was a man of wealth. He comes from money. Next slide, please. Um, and he had a son whose name was Saul. A handsome young man. That's, that's all you need to know. He's a good-looking guy. All right. Then it says, there was not a man among the people of Israel more handsome than he. It's getting serious. From his shoulders upward, he was taller than any of the people. Now, now I don't know uh, what your uh, preference is for what you think looks good, doesn't look good. I don't know if you think you're a good-looking person, or maybe you think, oh, I'm not a good-looking person. Maybe you're super insecure over that. Like, or maybe you uh, picked up a magazine at a grocery store that says sexiest man alive or sexiest woman alive, and it was voted on by these editors and all of that. That's all great and dandy of what you think looks good and what doesn't look good. But uh, Saul don't just look good. He looked good according to the Bible, okay? Like the Bible says, this is the sexiest man alive, okay? God on high is going, this is a good looking guy. This is a good looking guy right here. Don't mess with him. And, and he's not only the sexiest man alive, according to the Bible, okay? He's also taller than everybody, so we can see he's the sexiest man alive too. And he got money. This guy got it going on. And so now everyone can see that he's best looking, but and so, so what can happen when you're in that kind of position is, is if you're Saul, you can be very aware of how you look. Saul is very aware of how many followers he got on Snapchat. And IG and TikTok, you name it. He, he, he's very aware of it because he, here, here's what happens. Now, as we continue the, this, this Samuel Saul story, he says, As soon as he had finished offering the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came. And Saul went out to meet him and greet him. And Samuel said, What have you done? And Saul said, well, when I saw the people were scattering from me, when I saw I was losing followers, and that you did not come within the days appointed, and that the Philistines had mustered at Michmash, 
I said, now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal, and I, I have not sought the favor of the Lord. So I forced myself and offered the burnt offering. And, and Samuel said to Saul, you have done foolishly. You have not kept the commandment of the Lord your God, with which he commanded you. For then the Lord would have established your kingdom over Israel forever. Do you want to know who else is described as somebody that had a kingdom that went on forever, that it was established forever? David. Guess who it was supposed to be? Saul. Some of us think, well, my plan's better than God's. It's not. Because I guarantee you, if Saul could rewind the clocks back, he would go, I I wouldn't have traded at that moment for this. And sometimes that happens in our life when we're not paying attention to the caution signs and living our life for other people. So the second thing that we have to be aware of in 2022 is be aware of who you're living for. Because the court of public opinion is attention that we all should be paying attention to. Saul, Saul said, look, the people are scattering from me, man. I'm losing, I'm losing some followers. And, and I can't tell you how many people make so many bad decisions on based off of what they think other people will think or say or what will gain the most followers or lose them followers. Or some people make decisions based off of what will make them the most money. And you, do you want to know one of the most dangerous motivation, motivating questions is? How does this make me look? Anytime we are asking that question, how does this make me look? We are more prone to lying anytime it doesn't look good. We will find ourselves manipulating and maneuvering and moving things around to make sure that we continue to keep up appearances. Uh, I do this with my kids because sometimes I think how they're acting is making me look bad and then I'll snap on them in public and you want to know what makes me look worse? Um, Getting mad at a seven-year-old for being seven. And everyone else is like, he's having a good time. You're not, okay? And I'm just like, "Ah." you know, it's like, like, what are you doing? I mean, don't we all have a little bit of peer pressure to look a certain way online and offline? That's not a grade school thing. That's That's just a life thing. It's at work. It's in our neighborhood. It's in our home. And at some point, you and I need to ask ourselves whether or not we are living our lives for other people or whether we're actually truly living for God. I mean... One, one of the things I'm looking at in, in the life of Saul is I'm going, who are you living for? What, what it, what's steering your decisions? I'm an exercise I want you to consider this week is, is answering these three questions, which is, first, what do you want to do? What do you want to do with your life? Have you thought about it? What do you actually want to do with your life? Now, let me ask you this question. Um, what do other people want you to do? Isn't this clear? Oh, people got plenty of opinions of who we should date and where we should work and when we should go back to school. And What do other people want you to do? What does your spouse want you to do? Like, I know what she wants me to do, but I ain't going to do that. Okay, but I mean, we all know what other people want us to do. But, but when was the last time you asked this question? What does God want you to do? Uh, recently, I did a, a, a life plan. It's, it's two days just to focus on steering uh, the ship of your life in, in a specific direction. And, and part of uh, the exercise that we did over the course of, of that two days was an exercise called Opus Gloria, uh, which is really answering the question, what do you want people to say at your memorial service? 
when you're gone, what do you want people to say about you? And so I began to think about what it is I want my wife to say about me, what I want my kids to say about me, what I want my brothers and, and, and siblings and friends and church family. And you just start thinking about all of these different people and what you want them to, to say about you. And so he starts preparing, goes, okay, are you ready to answer um, answer the question for each person. We're going to write it down for every single person in your life. And I said, yes. He goes, okay, first person is this. And this is what he wrote on the whiteboard. God. And for me, I never thought about it. I I know what I want God to say to me at the end of my life. Well done, my good and faithful servant. But if Jesus is introducing me to Moses, what do I want him to say? Hey, Moses, I want to talk to you for a second. Man, man, my guy's here and then... What's my intro? Have you ever thought about it? Because, because we could easily find ourselves living for other people and not forget that we actually are here to bring glory to God. The next caution sign that we see is found in 1 Samuel 17 where Saul is still king, but he is facing a Philistine army with a giant. David volunteers to fight Goliath and here was Saul's response. It says, then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and, and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around. Because he was not used to them, I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I am not used to them. So he took them off. And so Saul's like, hey, David, I want you to wear my armor. And I think the third thing that we have to be aware of in 2022 is be aware of giving someone else your armor. Um, Anybody got any uh, what you need to do is friends in your life? I'm talking, you know, but what you need to do, you need to take elderberry. Yeah, you need some vitamin C. What you need to do, what you need to do is you need to get a job. What you need to do is you need to go on a date. You need to get on that. What you need to do, you need to get off of social media. You need to go to Indeed.com and get a job. What you need to do, what you need to do is what you need to do. Anybody got any know-it-all friends in their life? You know what I'm saying? Like they always know what you need to do, but don't never do what they need to do. Don't clap for the person next to you like, hey, I'm glad he's talking to you. I think we all can find ourselves putting our way of living on other people, right? Like Saul's going, David, you just <laughs> fight battles the way I fight battles, to which David's going, but you loser. <laughs> why, why would I want your stuff? <laughs> Sometimes like Saul, I think we think the world would be a better place if people just did things the way we did. We think people should wear what we wear and think the way we think and act the way we act and protect our immune system the way we protect our immune system, <laughs> parent how we parent and love how we love and spend how we spend and vote how we vote and mask up how we mask up or don't mask up how we don't mask up. I mean, either way, we can find ourselves getting frustrated even with strangers. And if you find yourself constantly frustrated with other people, could it be a warning sign that maybe you want them to be more like you? And is that how the world is going to change? We may not say it out loud, but isn't that what our frustration often indicates? I think sometimes we will say, you know, people just need to be more like Jesus under the assumption that we already are. Yeah, you just need to be more like Jesus, slash me, because I'm like Jesus. But the, the reality is, is, yeah, people 
the pressure we should put on people is like, man, we should be more like Jesus, more considerate, more loving, extending grace and forgiveness to people. Yeah, we, we all should be a little bit more like Jesus. If I'm getting coffee with Saul, I'm saying, hey, Saul, let David fight the way David knows how to fight. He's pretty good at it. The last caution sign comes from the most infamous Saul story of them all. When the men were returning home after David had killed the Philistine, Goliath, women came out from all the towns of Israel to meet King Saul with singing and dancing, with joyful songs and with timbrels and lyres. As they danced, they sang, Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. Saul was very angry. This refrain displeased him greatly. They have credited David with tens of thousands, he thought, but me with only thousands. What more can he get but the kingdom? And from that time on, Saul kept a close eye on David. The fourth thing that I think we have to be aware of in 2022, we have to pay attention to the caution signs, is be aware of who you have a close eye on. There's a song on the radio for Saul that he just can't get out of his head. Saul has slain his thousands and David his tens of thousands. The crazy thing is Saul has given so much of his attention to David that he has lost sight of his own calling. He's forgot he's the most handsome man in the world. Taller than everyone. But that's not what he wanted. He wanted to be the most handsome man in the world, taller than everyone else, and the greatest warrior in the world. But he don't realize um, that what comes with the prize of being the greatest warrior in the world means you're going to have scars, which will ruin the, the sexiest man alive thing you got going on. So you can lose an ear in battle. And if you lose an ear, you disqualified from being sexiest man alive. You ain't got no ear, bro. Missing an eyeball. Like, what you talking about, bro? You got a patch on your eye. You done. You ain't in a patch no more. It's over. <laughs> if I could sit with Saul, I would simply say, hey, Saul, is thousands not enough? To which he would respond, but David has tens of thousands company to his name yeah but what's so bad about thousands I talk to so many people who have so much but what they don't have is enough I know people who are battling depression not because of a chemical imbalance but because they have a close eye on somebody else they think is more successful than they are you got 1,000 followers, but your friend has 10,000. When you have 10,000 followers, you know who makes you sad? People with 20,000 followers, man, that ain't nothing. And then 100,000, and then a million. I know people who make half a million dollars a year. They're depressed it's not a million. I know parents of D1 athletes who, who have a full-ride scholarship getting a quality education, but they're distraught because their kid isn't good enough to go pro. I know professional athletes who, who make $5 million a year, but their, their teammate makes $40 million, And they look at that teammate and go, must be nice living the dream. What we need to realize this weekend is this. Enough is enough. Say that with me. Enough 
is enough. Is it? Is it enough? Enough is enough. Have you defined your enough? How much money is enough? What size house is enough? How new does the car need to be to be new enough? How many followers is enough? How many likes is enough? How many downloads? How many subscriptions? How many streams? How many shares? How much influence would quench your thirst? How much fame is enough? You want to know what my biggest prayer is for us right now? It's contentment. Holy contentment, not to be confused with complacency. Contentment is not the same as complacency. Being complacent is when you're stuck in neutral, surrendered to the status quo, disengaged with the direction of your life. But contentment is giving your very best to your life, to your career, to your relationships, and making peace with the results. And saying, you know what? I've given my best. We good. Enough is enough, which frees you and me to take our eyes off of other people. These four caution signs, I think, leave us with some life group questions that I want you to consider over dinner, I want you to consider over a meal, consider over coffee this week. And the first one is this, is number one, uh, who's making the plans in your life? If it's you, I'm nervous for you. Number two, who are you actually living for, yourself, others, or God? I hope all of us would have a moment this week where we would say, God, I live my life for you. Uh, number three, um, who are you expecting to live more like you? Who are you expecting to wear your armor when they actually don't have to? And, and number four, who do you have your eye on? Who are you following? Whose vacation are you? Oh, they went there. That's keeping you from enjoying your regular life. Have you defined enough? Have you found a goal line that says, you know, I, I actually, actually, I, I have enough. I have enough contentment. I'm going to continue to give my best. I'm going to steward what God has given me in. I'm going to live with, with uh, the results. I think these are the caution signs that I wish Saul would have paid attention to that we get to pay attention to now. So my prayer for us is that in 2022, we would err on the side of caution. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to give each and every person an opportunity to make Jesus the Lord of their life. You may have been listening to today's message and thought, Ryan, I'm totally in charge of my life, and that's why it has no direction. You may have been sent this message to somebody, uh, by somebody. You, you, may, you may be thinking through, man, who's, who's, who am I living for? And you, you've decided today you want to surrender your life to God. You say, I need something bigger than myself. If today you'd like to surrender your life to Jesus with no one looking around, would you just slip up a hand and say, hey, Ryan, that's me. Ryan, that's me. I see your hand there. That's awesome. I see a bunch of hands. That's awesome. At every location, I'm sure there's hands all over. Hey, can we all say this prayer after me? Say, Jesus, thank you for dying on a cross for my sins. I ask now 
that you would be the Lord and Savior of my life. I surrender my plans, my future, and my life to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Everybody said amen. Come on, can we make some noise for every single person that gave their heart to Christ?